morning, everyone. It is Monday, the 11th of July. Henry, morning. You're on overnight for us. What have you got? Thanks, Ben. Well, not an awful lot overnight, considering we had the big US jobs numbers, which came in slightly better than expected. 372,000 jobs created in June. As a result of all this, the Dow was in a pretty narrow range on Friday, around 300 points, high of a 127 up and a low of 172 down, closing down 46. NASDAQ was up a smidge and S&P 500 pretty much unchanged base metal a bit easier, oil a bit better, iron ore just slipping slightly. Our market is as uninterested, it seems, as the US market. Volumes remain quite low, but it wasn't a particularly big night in the US. So I suspect a lot of people are still on holiday in the US and taking a break before we get, of course, results season, which kicks off very shortly. And that, of course, is the the big focus of both their market and our market as well. Very nice. Short and sweet. Thank you, Henry. Tom, what's happening locally today? Thank you. Ben. Well, our market is down seven points. Spy Futures pointed to a 20-point rise, although we are moving off lows. Caution likely to frame the week given school holidays and the key inflation print on Wednesday in the US. That's Thursday morning our time. Energy and financials are in positive territory, though. Miners and consumer discretionary stocks easing. Technology names taking a breather after a near 7% rise last week. On the corporate front, EML Payments CEO resigns down 16% on the news. Link is a little change. They were unable to recommend Dye and Durham's offer. They also have full year results out unaudited. Revenue was in line with consensus and expected to increase in the low to single digits range in FY23. Nothing on the corporate or economic calendar today, but this week, just the main points, inflation and local unemployment data, the main events. We do have US second quarter reporting season starting off with the big banks at the end of the week and China has a GDP number out on Friday. So a lot going on this week, Ben. Very nice. Thank you, Tom. We've got no Leighton today, so I'll very, very quickly knock off a couple of little broken moves. We had ComputerShare upgraded to an ad by Morgans. Their target price is sitting 12% above the current price. Magellan upgraded to neutral from Macquarie and a little bit of action on the target price moves on Magellan from a couple of the other brokers as well. So check that out in the newsletter. The Macquarie target price is sitting just 3% below the current share price. We had St. Barbara Mines upgraded to outperform also by Macquarie with a 21% higher target price than the current share price. And Link Administration, as you just mentioned, Tom, have been in the news of late and they've been downgraded to hold by Morgans with a target price 7.7% above the current share price. On to our fresh ideas for the day. Chris, kick it off with you. What's your chart of the day slash fresh idea? Thanks, Ben. It is technology one. So we know that the tech names have been hammered as a general rule and TNE has held up better than most. It was trading around 13 bucks in January. It fell to a low below $10, but it has rallied off that low at now around $11.20 at last check. The first half results were pretty good and they've gone through a seismic transformation over there at Technology One. So they've moved from a an upfront payment model to a software as a service model, which is sort of more of a pay-as-you-go model. And there's some analysts up and down the street that think now that they have completed that transition, they could see revenue growth in the realm of 15% for FY22, which uh, last time out, it was about 5%. So a big improvement potentially over FY21. So we know that the cycle will turn at some point and tech stock will become appealing once again. It might've already started to happen. And I think even when you're looking for the names that you're going to have a crack at in that space, not necessarily worthwhile just buying the ones that have been smashed most in terms of the share price. You still want to have some quality there. And I think TNE fits that bill. Their ROE is in the 30s, high 30s, in fact. And we know that anything above 
7% is excellent. Their revenue and earnings per share growth are very strong. It does have a one year forward PE around 46 times, but compared to some of the ridiculous PEs in the tech space, I don't think that's anything that stops you from having a crack at this stock. So TNE is, is the fresh idea for the day. And for anyone who's willing, could be a buying opportunity right now. So worth having a look at. Great stuff. Thank you, Chris. I've got one in there, Chris, on a similar kind of vein with the technology stocks, Life360, which is 360 ticker. It was up 46% last week, making it the best performer in the ASX 200. Before that, it was down 82% top to bottom as it was a major casualty of that tech sell-off. There's been no news of note recently out of the company, but it did move from an oversold RSI, so less than 30, to almost be overbought, sitting at 69. Overbought is over 70 in the space of just over a week. So it does seem traders are getting involved in that one and targeting a stock that has been a major casualty and sold off so heavily. Got to be pretty brave to get involved. They've got an activities report due at the end of July and their first half results due end of August, judging off their last year's release dates, be holding on the sidelines and watching to see if there's more of a substantial reason for that buying or it's just the trade before I got involved. It's an interesting one to watch from the side. And Marcus? Yes, Ben, a couple of quick things. I have taken to putting a couple of tables into fresh ideas from our morning scans. This is where we've got Omnitrader software set up to scan the whole market. And every day, the software identifies whatever you want to put in. You can put in any sort of formula, but it identifies RSI buy signals, RSI sell signals, very overbought stocks, very oversold stocks. And to give you some of the other names, Breakout, Bollinger Band Buys, New Highs, New Lows. You can put in any formula you like to try and identify any list of stocks on some sort of share price criteria. So the point being, it is entirely technical. So today I've put in a scan called oversold and turning up. And you'll see in there today, oversold LICs, ETFs and stocks and now turning up include an S&P 500 ETF. In fact, two of them. The STW, which is the possibly the most favoured ASX 200 ETF. That's turning up STW. IOZ is the other one. That's the iShares Core S&P ASX 200 ETF. And some of the LICs, the big ones like AUI, Argo. I'm surprised AFIC wasn't in there as well. So this is, again, short-term stuff. Signs that the market's here and in the US are bottoming in the short term. And the big debate is whether that follows through or not. And there are also a few stocks as well coming off oversold levels. They include Mineral Resources, IGO, Blue Scope Steel, Seven Group, Clean Away, AMP Boral, Sims Group, to name a few anyway. I'll keep putting lists in the Fresh Ideas section when they're of some interest. And I've also put in Risky Trade of the Day on that list of stocks that are oversold. Just keeps coming up on every scan as a stock that's bottoming is Novanix NVX. It was, of course, an absolute market darling. Went from hero to zero and some people... People obviously think it can become a hero once again. Henry, what have you got in Henry's take for us? Not much really, to be honest, Ben. I added some chalice to the portfolio on Friday. They had some research out this morning from Macquarie with a nice uh, jumbo price target of 747. And also we had Bell <laughs> Potter out with a $11 price target for them. So that's perked them up a little bit. But I've got to say, it's pretty quiet and uninspiring at the moment on many fronts. A lot of the stuff has bounced, um, but it's starting to run out of momentum, for instance. But Novanix is actually down 6% the 
this morning and even the likes of dominoes down nearly six percent as well it does seem to be running out of momentum those that have bounced are starting to come under pressure and those that haven't bounced are starting to find a, a few buyers but it is pretty quiet out there the usual us updates and a look at our asx vix index as well which has come off as has the us one of course as we are starting to see a little bit of calmness descending in the market and i wrote an article last week for nab trade which some may have seen but uh, it was talking about signs of the bottom so there were some signs there that i put in about what i thought were signs for a bottom in the market which i guess if you listen to the on the couch with julian mccormack from platinum asset management that i recorded last week then he has some quite bearish views and he has his own signpost for where he thinks the bottom is but i'll let you listen to that if you're listening to this podcast very nice thank you henry not expecting chalice to fly off that 747 price target i don't know it could fly it's certainly taken off a little bit ben it has you know it's doing a little bit better that's for sure but yeah maybe it hasn't got the right runway for a big takeoff good that's some great pun work there nobody does it better thank you for that henry marcus what have you got in strategy today thank you ben we are still in cash as anyone who read the weekend email will know but wondering whether this relief rally develops at the bottom of the strategy piece today you'll see there are two charts one of the asx 200 on a daily basis daily candles and there's been an rsi buy signal in other words we're seeing a short-term rally and the other chart is the asx 200 weekly hekinashi chart if you go to our articles and search Hekinashi, you'll find out what Hekinashi charts are. I might do a piece for you on that this week. But if you look at the weekly chart, there is no material sign of a technical bottom on a longer time frame, which sort of tells you traders might be getting interested in the market now, but investors are still sitting back and watching. The strategy portfolio is for longer term investors, so that's still in cash. And my opinion continues to be that in order for a material market rally to occur, we're going to need more than a relief rally. We're going to need more than a small improvement in sentiment or a loss of negative sentiment. We're going to need some significant macro improvement, which will probably come from the market thinking inflation has peaked, not worrying about interest rates going up so aggressively and getting over its growth worries. Now, there's plenty on the cards this week, of course, which will give us indications of that. There's a CPI number on Wednesday, all important, could be pivotal, has inflation peaked. And you'll notice the US 10-year bond yield is now going up again, which suggests that the market is not that confident about the forthcoming CPI number. We will see. There was also that strong jobs number, obviously, on Friday, which didn't seem to move the needle. US markets didn't do much. And I think these recession fears are so ingrained, they're not going to be easily dispelled anyway. A major data point coming up this week. Otherwise, we've got an FOMC meeting coming up on July the 27th. After that strong jobs numbers on Friday, you'll see there's now a 7% chance of a 100 basis point rate rise, and that is up from zero last week. In other words, that strong jobs number has got bond yields going up again. 
and the market doing a push me pull you on is the economy okay or is it heading into recession so we need a few data points to set a trend off one way or another the u.s results season also starts this week the big banks kick off on thursday we've got jp morgan morgan stanley then wells fargo Citigroup on friday then we got goldman sachs the next week and i read an article at the weekend about the big banks in the u.s who've been cutting staff they took on huge numbers of staff in order to handle the demand for mortgages during the pandemic but since then the 30-year mortgage rate which is their most popular has doubled from around 2.9 percent to 5.4 percent was it and they're now laying off staff so unlikely to be upbeat we also have some of the big tech stocks like meta telling their staff to prepare for a deep economic downturn in other words there's just no reason for any company to be waving the flag at this results season but having said that the S&P 500 as you'll see at the weekend the PE is down from 22.1 to 16.1 and the longest long-term average is 16 so it's actually getting close to being below average in which case there might be some value building up in the equity market but let's see how this results season goes past other things watching for a bottom in resources wrote about that at length last week absolutely no sign of it yet but there will be a fabulous opportunity at some point when the market gets over its recession fears and the other game in town is whether to trade the beaten down sectors and we're seeing a relief rally in some of those extend or end is what i've written in the strategy piece today will this bounce extend or end and i've listed the stocks that are having a bounce high pe stocks hot stocks that went cold consumer discretionary stocks technology stocks housing stocks doing better things like domain and realestate.com borrow even the banks have had a bit of a bounce there are buy signals on some of the bounce some of the banks can you believe it and REITs, and also stock market stocks, and one I haven't put in there, but sentiment-driven stocks. You could put some of the smaller stocks in there. You could probably put some of the lithium, uranium stocks in there as well. So do you buy for the bounce? This strategy section is supposed to be for longer-term investors who don't want to be disturbed trading, so we haven't bought anything for a bounce yet. Although keep an eye on our fresh ideas section. There's plenty going on in there, and that's about me. Great stuff as always. Thank you, Marcus. And finally, our question of the day. Is last week's rally a big market bottom or just a little one? Thomas. Well, Ben, I can't say for sure if it's big or little, but a few of the elements of a bottom are definitely in there. VIX topping out, Bitcoin picking up, bond yields topping out a bit, tech stocks moving up, moving higher. So I'm not sure where I'd sit. I'll just say it's, a, yeah, it is the big bottom. We'll move higher from here. Thank you, Tom. Chris, what do you think? I'm less convinced. I think the at least the technical level to pay attention to is about 6670, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the market struggle around that point, roll over again, and maybe create new lows. So no, I'm not by any stretch willing to call it a big bottom just yet. Thank you for that, Chris. Henry? I think that we have seen certainly a bottom, but it doesn't mean to say we're going to rally substantially. I think we're going to bounce along the bottom for a while, but I'd be surprised if we saw four in the index, a 64 in the index. Again, I think we may have seen 
seen the bottom, but it's going to be sector rotation and a hard grind and hard work from here. I think the jury's still out. One of the signs that we joked about and talked about is that we had the 52-week lows in the newsletter for the end of day, and it got to three screenshots at one stage. It looked like my shopping list from Woolies on Saturday, and that is now down. If you looked at Friday's one, it's a minuscule amount of stock. So clearly, we did see a bit of a panic in June with the tax loss selling as well. So I don't think we're going to see those levels again. But equally, we might just be stuck in a really boring trading range. That tends to be what happens after a big fall. People lose confidence, people lose interest, people stop watching and uh, partaking in any rally or any fall. They've done their dough. So licking wounds. So I think we could go sideways for a while, unfortunately. Very nice. Thank you, Henry. I tend to agree with that a bit. I think it's probably a small bottom unless that CPI number on Wednesday does show that inflation has miraculously come to a grinding halt or something like that, then it could be a big one. But otherwise, yeah, I think there's plenty of headwinds still to come. Marcus, last but not least, is it the big bottom or a little one? Well, that's a simple one. We're in the reaction business, not the prediction business. So there's no point even bothering to predict whether it's a big or a small bottom until proven otherwise. It is a small bottom and we have to wait to see if it turns into a big bottom. There's no guessing it. The CPI number this week will obviously help us in that analysis. Very nice. Thank you, Marcus. And that wraps us up today, guys. Thanks again. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. I was playing golf at the weekend with one of my friends who has been listening to our morning meeting podcast for free for the past year. And he was looking a bit sad. And the reason he was looking a bit sad is because from the 1st of August... The Marcus Today Morning Meeting podcast is going dark. We are putting it behind the paywall. It'll be for members only. Anyone who wants to continue listening to the Marcus Today Morning Meeting podcast should do themselves a favour and us a favour and subscribe. And just to tickle you along, if you send an email to info at marcustoday.com.au and be very nice to Will, Chi-Chi and Karishma, they may just give you a bit of a promo code. Give it a go. Thank you.